Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast, Question by Question. I am joined here again with John, my boyfriend. <clears throat> we actually have editing Karen here because that is now John, my fiance, not John, my boyfriend. This episode was recorded on December 5th and it is now um, February 7th. And so he popped the old question to me later that December. So, yes. When you hear me say fiance, or when you hear me say boyfriend, just know I mean fiance. So, okay, back to the episode. John, do you want to say something? Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be on the podcast today. Woohoo. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, round two. John, what are we talking about today? We are talking about our finances and um, what it means to be open about your finances with your partner. Yeah, just what it means to talk about. Um, finances, all things money with a significant other. Um, and this is actually an episode that we honestly recorded a long time ago. <laughs> I have like a fully recorded, um, episode of us talking about money, but this was before I had a mic and also just, we both listened to it again and weren't that satisfied with it. So, um, months later we decided to finally revisit it and to do it again. So this is what we're doing today. John, what are you sipping on tonight? I'm sipping on some vodka with a little bit of Arnold Palmer. Mm, how yeah. is it? It's pretty good. Out of 10, what would you give it? With 10 being the best oh. and one being eh, just just okay. Probably a 5, maybe. It's pretty, pretty tasty. What are you sipping on tonight? Um, I am sipping on a fine beer called Pacifico. Um... Yeah, that's it's it. It's good. It's it's a really easy beer to drink, so I'm into it. Um, and it is currently 7 on a Saturday night. Is it Saturday? Yeah. Yes. Saturday. <laughs> Woo! Love that for us. All right, I'm going to take a sip really quick. Let's cheers, actually. Ooh, some nice ASMR. Ah, listen to that. That nice sound. Bubbling. Nice bubble. Alright, John. Oh yeah, also, I guess I always do this disclaimer for people who have never listened to this episode before. But So if you're stumbling upon my podcast and this is your first episode, the format of this podcast is that me and John both had... We both knew that the podcast episode was going to be about money and finance and what it means to talk about finance. Um, but we didn't know what each other's questions were. So we both thought up about three to five questions. And right now we're going to go on the podcast and talk through our questions for one another and just have a very open and honest conversation. All right. So I am going to ask the first question. Um, let's see. So John, could you describe your relationship with money and um, describe how, if at all, it's changed throughout your your life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I've, my relationship with money has um, matured quite a bit as I've gotten older. I think when I was younger, I didn't really ever save money or make a budget or anything like that. Um, even though I worked from the time I was like 15. It just wasn't something I did. I would just get my paycheck and spend it all on fast food or gas or whatever else. And it wasn't until only a couple of years ago 
uh, I think like 2018 probably, <laughs> I started making um, actual budgets and making real savings goals, which have been really helpful because I think before that I would kind of get really, there's a lot of anxiety around, um, especially student loans that I have that got a, a nice amount. So it almost felt like I was never going to pay it back. So I just would try not to think about it and avoid avoid that. I would make my monthly minimum payments and stuff, but I never, I just assumed I'd be paying that. But I think uh, when we, after we started dating, really, I and you were like, oh, you know, we should talk about our finances and, and be more open with these things. And, um, I saw you making budgets and things, and I was like, oh, I should do that too. I mean, I still am not like a pro or anything with it. It's, I regularly go over <laughs> my budgeted amounts for things in the month, but it's definitely gotten much, much better for me. And um, the savings goals don't feel hopeless. Um, even living on like uh, a fixed income, you know, it's like, Having a plan really helps. So if you were to put your relationship with money right now into one word, what would it be? Um, Obviously because of a savings plan and um, doing debt snowballing, which is a method of um, paying off your loans by paying off one and then increasing the amount uh, towards another after you pay off that one. So you're still contributing the same amount each month, even after you paid off one. And it's up to you um, to do that to the other loans. And then eventually, as you pay off more and more, it gets faster and faster. And you do that with the uh, highest interest loan or highest amount. Um, I've been doing the highest interest. But yeah, I think it's also psychological because it um, just gives me hope. What, what? How do you feel like your relationship with money is um. improved or... Yeah, I mean, I would say probably very similar to you. It's definitely gotten to a much better place now than when I was younger. Um, I didn't start making money until I was probably like 18 years old. And similarly, when I first started making money, I was spending it on pretty pointless things. I wasn't saving it at all. I didn't know really. I didn't have a clear, like, goal I guess in mind when it came to that um but then after leaving undergrad and uh having so much debt uh even after that though I didn't start really saving I think similar to what you said about debt is that because I had so much student loans I just didn't even want to start thinking about them especially because I had gone from undergrad to graduate school, which allowed it so that my loans were all in deferment. And so I kind of was like, well, you know, just out of sight, out of mind. I don't have to think about them at all. Like, I just don't want to even begin to imagine what the process of paying it off looks like, which is fair and fine, but also, you know, it does (laughs) hurt you in the the long run. And so um, very recently... You know, once I started having more goals in mind when it came to money and once I started listening to more podcasts um, about money as well and hearing other people's stories about paying off student loans really helped as well. Um, There's a YouTuber that I listen to or who I I watch 
named Asia Dang, and she is, you know, a woman of color, and she paid off all of her student loans just last year, and she documented her entire journey on YouTube, and that was really inspiring to me, seeing that it is possible, and then reading people's comments, and then being like, yeah, I'm also on this journey paying off this much, you know, amount of loans and all that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, once seeing that it is possible and it is realistic, um, that really helped me to sort of start thinking differently about my my relationship with money and not seeing it as something that, you know, I just kind of throw away, but something that I actually can use to save for, you know, my future and also, um, you know, once my debt is gone, it is easier to... to to save and to have a future so thinking about all the things I can do kind of after my debt um is really helpful for me and help helps me to stay um kind of on track and to have my goals in mind and I think if I was to pick a word as well for myself when it comes to my relationship with money or just how I feel about money I suppose hmm the word I think I would pick which might sound really weird or bad. I don't know. I was thinking I'm, immediately I thought of the word hungry. <laughs> like not like money hungry in the sense that like I feel really greedy and stuff. But just like hungry in the sense that or maybe the word is determined instead of hungry. Because I, I feel really determined to like tackle my debt in order to um to live the life I want to live, really. And, um, you know, I know that it's, it, it can be possible with debt, but it's much, much easier without it. And so, and I've been, I think this year, been making a lot of progress um, towards saving and towards, you know, finally looking at my debt and thinking about a plan of how to, to get rid of it. And because of that, and seeing some sort of progress has made me really determined um to keep going and to keep doing um to getting rid of it and stuff like that so yeah I think my relationship is much different now and it's a much um uh mature and healthier relationship with money I think and I, I value my money and the labor that I put in to get my money a lot more than I did when I was you know 18 19. When did you make your first budget? I don't, that's a hard question. I think I've made like kind of tiny budgets like throughout my, the last few years, but I think I didn't make my first like serious budget probably three, four years ago, three or four years ago. Um, I can't really pinpoint the exact moment, but I think actually it must've been like four, five years ago. So, like when I first came into graduate school I think because before then I wasn't really making um money to live off of like I you know I had internships and I had work study but I didn't need that money to live off of really until I you know came to graduate school and that money was my was my livelihood um and so I think then was when I was like okay I need to make sure I'm not going over budget or I'm not spending too much in one area I'm not, and I don't have enough money for my rent. Um, so yeah, I think I really didn't start making money or didn't start making a serious budget until I was um, like 22. <laughs> 
uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. And I think the evolution of the types of budget I make as well has changed a lot because in the past, none of my budgets were geared towards saving at all. Like I didn't, I never really had a savings account that was full for much of the time. I always pulled from my savings to pay things off in my, um, you know, to, to put in my checking account. And I just didn't really have a good system in place. Like my budgets weren't designed in ways that allowed for savings to happen. Or my lifestyle as well wasn't designed in ways for my for savings to happen. Until really recently when I started, you know, seriously looking at my, my loans and saying, okay, I can't be spending, you know, $100 a month on eating out, you know, I need to think about what that money can do for my loans or for, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so, yeah, I think now my budgets are much, and also, you know, having different types of savings for different types of things I want to save for has been really helpful because now my budgets are much more future focused and yeah, I guess future focused is what what I want to say. Cause I think my, my budgets in the past were very, immediate it was like okay this is what i'm saving for the the next two weeks because then i get a paycheck in another week you know and so but now it's like okay this is what i'm saving for the foreseeable future because i need to pay off this or i need to save for this and so i think yeah it's much different now and this is <laughs> i'm going on a tangent right now but i think also what really helped was seeing and learning about this thing called sinking funds where you make sort of budgets geared towards things you're saving for so let's say that there's a trip planned for me, you know, to Miami in a year or so. Obviously, this isn't happening now because of the, the lovely pandemic we're in. But let's say I'm, I'm saving for a trip to Miami. So what you do, and let's say I'm saving for Miami, I'm saving for a friend's wedding, and I'm saving for uh, a new computer. So you make category, you make a sheet, you have a sheet with categories, and you put, you know, trip to Miami, and you put a wedding and you put um new computer and you have the amount on the right side and then you put in small increments certain amount of money so like let's say you want to do ten dollars until you get to your goal of like a hundred for your computer or twenty dollars until you get to your goal of you know five hundred for miami and then throughout your your time when you're um saving you can add you know for each paycheck like $30 and you put 10 towards each of your sinking funds and then it slowly starts to go up and I think that type of model really helps me and especially making it visual really helps me because I think Johnny said earlier too and just something that I think a lot of people can agree with it's really like saving for things and paying off things can be very sort of like demoralizing because it 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 takes so long and so seeing any type of progress in any type of way is so helpful and so when I'm making these sort of budgets I always try to make them in the most like kind of satisfactory looking way so always having some sort of physical representation I know you John you make like pie charts sometimes and I think that really helps to show like the progress that you've made and it helps you go further and further I know I'm like truly off the topic right now because you said what was your first budget but I just wanted to kind of show how my budgets have changed as well throughout time and what's helped me to kind of maintain my budgets but yeah what was your first budget well uh, shout out to my parents I think the first budget 
I did was probably when I was like a freshman in high school or something. I had my first job. My mom want, really wanted to sit down with me and make sure I was being responsible with my money and like creating savings for, for college or just to have savings. Needless to say, I didn't really listen. Um, so that was a problem. But my first uh, budget that I've really stuck to, I think, has been a lot more recent. I think, like I was saying earlier, probably about 2018 or 2017, when I um, went to finish my undergrad. And um, because of that, uh, obviously, finances were way more tight. So um, I had to get really serious about uh, budgeting and saving. But, um, but yeah, I think mine have... Uh, kind of evolved a little bit i i know karen you have a very like hyper organized style i do you're just very organized in general for most things i'm not as much <laughs> yeah because like my style is a little crazy like i'm very micro it's not crazy, like it's just very organized it's it's very it's very micro budgeting which isn't everyone's you know cup of tea <laughs> yeah i think that's something i would like to do more be more organized with it but for now, what's been working for me has been creating a um, more generalized budget that's, uh, and that way I can stick between the kind of the guardrails I set up for myself within the, the month for, uh, between my savings goals for, for student loans or other goals and uh, monthly bills as well. My question is, can you, you, ca- you a little bit mentioned how you know, we started talking about money in our relationship, but do you remember sort of when exactly we started talking about money um, as a couple? Like how early on in our relationship we started talking about money together? Yeah, I think pretty early on, probably about four months in, I think. I remember for your birthday, 2018, I made a rather large purchase uh, for a trip that made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, bought plane tickets to go to Washington D.C. and we had um, some I thought very good conversations about money, but that was the first time I think that we actually talked about it. But as far as budgeting goes, I think it was a little bit later. Um, I can't remember exactly when. Yeah, John's a big gift giver, like big in quantity. <laughs> so we had to talk about that. Uh, um, yeah, I remember actually having a conversation with my therapist about it. Because I I think for me, growing up, money wasn't really... It, it, was hard, it was hard for me because talking about money in general because I went to a very wealthy um, high school and where wealth was just very, <laughs> very much present throughout all types of people's lives and um all the stuff and so you know coming from a family where you know I have a mom a single mom who's working and um you know it, it just we, we we were never on the same socioeconomic kind of level as a lot of my friends and I think because of that there was always a lot of shame when it came to talking about money and thinking about money and a lot of just sort of putting it to the to the back burner and I think because of that, it made it so that, yeah, I was always really uncomfortable talking about money with friends and with um, with other people in my life. And I remember, you know, in past relationships as well, um, being uncomfortable talking about it with people. And so I, I remember telling my therapist this and being like, well, I think it's really important that we talk about this, but I don't know how to sort of, you know, bring it up. And she was like, you know, just really sit down with, you know, John and just say, hey. Let's, this is important to me. Let's talk about money, you know, and that really helped to 
the way she said it was so casual and I realized that I was making it such a big deal when really it should be so casual, right? Like we we make money and discussing finances so taboo and it being such a sort of um, something you shouldn't talk about, like something inappropriate, essentially. It's like, don't talk about politics, don't talk about money, you know, all this type of stuff. And so I was like, you're right, it really should be casual, you know, <laughs> especially if I'm like, you know, dating someone and we're comfortable talking about so much, why can't we talk about finances? So I remember, yeah, one day just being like, hey, we should talk about, you know, money and like kind of what we're doing right now, like our relationship with money and, you know, our upbringings with money. And we kind of, John and I both realized that we both went to really wealthy schools. We both had similar sort of, you know, experiences being kind of ashamed to talk about money because of how we grew up with so much like extreme wealth all around us, which, yeah, made it much easier. And I think another thing as well was I was so ashamed to ever talk about my loans. And but it was something that was always sort of weighing on me, right? It was always in the back of my mind. But I and I, I thought that if you had student loans, it meant it meant that you, you know, were less than. And um, I just never brought it up to John because I didn't want to talk about how much I had. And I remember one day we both, again, when we were talking about finances, just told each other what our loans were. And we had very similar amounts of student loans. And I remember at that moment sort of being like, oh my gosh, like, why was I never talking about this with you before? Like, we are in very similar situations when it comes to how we view money in our financial situations. And so after that moment, I remember it, it kind of being a sigh of relief and um, it being much easier, I think, after that for us to talk about our financial situations with ease. And then, of course, after that, we moved in with each other. And, you know, since then, we've been having these types of conversations constantly. And, you know, just thinking about how we want to, you know, spend our money and then, you know, thinking as well, more future oriented about, you know, um, future goals that involve one another and um, how to get to those goals. And that requires us being open and honest about our finances. So, yeah, I think really just, I like, yeah, I remember that moment and that being, it really just kind of flipping a switch in my mind about why am I so nervous to talk about money with you when it's not anything huge? Like we make it so huge in our minds, but it really shouldn't be. And it, it's made it so much easier for me to just in general talk about money with other people as well, I think. Yeah, like you said, the student loans... Even though they're so common, it feels stigmatized and you just have like a burden. But I think it really did help when we were very, we opened up to each other about it. And that way also for us, I think, well, I speak for myself, but it felt like we we're, even though I mean, they're obviously personal loans, but felt like we were tackling it together because we're both in it, like making plan to be debt free same time yeah and at the time when we first started really getting into it i would say this past maybe like a year ago um we started kind of really getting into talking about loans and having plans we started listening to this podcast that was all about loans and in debt and um it was really focused there's a lot of uh stories about student loans and i think hearing like so many people mm -hmm. who had student loans, even some higher than us. Much higher. Much higher than <laughs> us. Like a lot of law students, you know, medical students. 
all that stuff, it made it so much more, I felt so much more normal that I'm not the only one who is also drowning in student loans and is freaking out. And then having, you know, people actually get out of student loans as well, hearing stories about people who have gotten rid of like hundreds of thousands of dollars of loans was really, really inspiring. So I think us hearing that together, hearing these stories constantly really ignited something in us to both, yeah, like together be like, okay, let's both tackle our loans, you know, of course, like independently, but it's so helpful to have someone who's in similar situation as you to also be um, working towards towards something that is so hard. So I think that's a good jumping off point for the next question. Do you think that openly discussing our finances has improved our relationship? If it has, in what way? Yeah, I think it has absolutely improved our relationship. You know, for one, well, just going off of what you said earlier about like you're giving me a very expensive gift one year. (laughs) So, yeah, you've done this a couple of times, and I've been able to, since we've talked about, you know, money more, I've been able to be like, no. <laughs> like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on blast for a bit, just a couple seconds. Oh, no, but, okay. like, <laughs> some people, I think I've told this to a couple of friends, but, <laughs> um, you know, one year, John, for, I think it was for Christmas, my birthday, I don't know. You. This is after you already, you know, gave me a trip to DC for my my uh, my birthday. But he, you know, I wanted a robe, a bathrobe for for my I think Christmas or something. For Christmas, yeah. And so John was like, "Okay, I'll give you a bathrobe, easy." And I'm thinking, okay, quick, you know, twenty five dollar, thirty dollar robe. <laughs> of course, you know, a little Target action. John decides to really go above and beyond and give me a $90 robe. Very, yep. very expensive. It was nice. It was, it was a, a <laughs> high quality robe, not fit for me. <laughs> it, was just, it, wasn't, it wasn't the move. And so, you know, maybe like when we first started dating, I would have accepted it in a very uncomfortable way. But because we had both, both like I knew, you know, we both knew each other's money situation and... I was like, this is just absurd. <laughs> you don't need this. I don't need this. Like, no. And I made him return the gift because it just was a, it was a bad uh, way to spend his money. And so I think, yeah, because we are so open with each other's finance, so open with each other financially, we're able to kind of help each other when it comes to making purchases that aren't the most uh are the best (laughs) what do you think yeah that's how i feel about it too and i think that um it's also just i think made it that much easier to live together as well because i mean we we split a lot of our uh, household expenses and everything and um as we um plan for other things it's very helpful yeah i think this is something just in general when it comes to dating someone but the earlier i think you talk about it the better because in the future let's say you know you want to get married to that person that you're dating it makes it so much like i can't i can't even imagine like going years without talking about finances Mm -hmm. and and then one day getting married and being like oh shit like how are we going to do this? You know, like it's just so much help. It's so much easier to early on form like really healthy relationships with money with your partner 
and healthy and to have healthy and ongoing and regular conversations about money as well with your partner so you sort of understand like what their financial situation is and how their their relationship with money as well and how that manifests like what they spend their money on so you can sort of see you know if there's anything problematic (laughs) or something like that and how that affects the relationship and things like that um yeah so like so like gift giving for example like in the past john's given me exorbitant (laughs) types of gifts and we've talked about it and now we give each other more normal size <laughs> gifts which i think is really good more income size gifts. yeah more income appropriate gifts because then <laughs> yeah. what happens is if, if someone gives you a gift and it costs you know hundreds of dollars and you feel obligated to do the same it's and, a cycle yeah and you don't have that if you don't have the type of money then it's a really weird sort of situation you're in and you feel burdened as well and you feel you can there's so many feelings and emotions that can like come from it (laughs) yeah it can be be unhealthy yeah exactly so talking about it early on squashing that stuff it helps so much Mm -hmm. i think listening to the podcast that we talked about earlier they it's a common theme of like relationship issues stemming from from money and at least for me i think that was a a good motivation to to be very open with it but because i know everyone has their like we have similar experiences uh to an extent but being to private schools, but I know everyone has uh, their own, uh, I guess, uh, issues. I can't think of a better word uh, around money, and it is coming from a different place. So you you don't know. Let's talk about it, and I think that's a very very uh, important thing for a healthy relationship. So has there ever been a time when you were uncomfortable discussing your personal finances with me? Yes. I think that was most recently I was um, downloaded the Robinhood app for um, investing, made some poor choices with my tax refund and uh, other money that would have been better spent towards my student loans. And I was embarrassed about that. Um, yeah, I guess great. I guess that's also the downside of talking about money with your partner, because we have like okay so we keep referencing very subtly a podcast without without naming it but um we used to be really into the the dave ramsey show podcast which we're not too much into anymore um but still like he has uh, a lot of like financial sort of steps when it comes to getting out of debt yeah the seven baby steps he calls them and he's very particular about how to get out of debt. And I think for a long time, we were very like, okay, we have to follow this, you know. And so when one of us strays from, you know, this sort of mindset in this this way of getting out of debt, the other person easily then can sort of judge the other person. So I think <laughs> sometimes because I, like, I know our goals when it comes to money, when I see John straying, or from the goals or not doing it in a way that, you know, maybe I would do them, then it's easy for me to place judgment on him, which isn't, you know, always the best thing. So that can be a downside of being so open about our, our money and about our goals. Has there been a time you were embarrassed talking about your finances with me? Yeah, I think in the past, earlier on, um, you know, I don't want this 
podcast, then I don't want to make it seem as if I have all my shit together when it comes to my money and stuff. Like, only in the last, I would say, three months have I honestly gotten my shit together. <laughs> Before then, I I literally would constantly be moving savings money to my checking and all this type of stuff. So, like, I, I'm not perfect at all. And I, I don't know if this is... I'm coming off as being perfect, but I'm definitely not. But yeah, there were there have been times in the past where I might, me and John might go grocery shopping. We might want to eat out and I might A, not have the money to eat out or B, you know, have to do that sort of movement of savings to checkings. And instead of, I guess, having to, instead of, just saying to John, hey, I don't get paid for another couple of days and I'm a little bit strapped on cash. Can you cover this? Like, are you able to cover this? I would then, you know, be frantically trying to put money into my checking, my checking account. Or, you know, I would just bite the bullet and, you know, get the takeout or something, even if it wasn't financially beneficial for me. You know, this was even when we had already had conversations about money. I just sometimes still fell into that sort of um, embarrassment and hiding sort of mindset that I, I probably de- developed as a child, you know, um, as a teen uh, growing up and with a lot of wealthier friends and things like that. And so I think those times I felt, um, yeah, pretty, pretty embarrassed to, to talk about money, to be open with John about exactly what my financial situation was in the moment and just making either poor financial decisions or um, causing more stress and anxiety on myself because I wasn't being open with him about what I could or could not afford in, in the moment. What do you think I should improve or work on in terms of budgeting slash finances? Ooh, this is a fun question. Yeah, I mean, this is related to what you were saying earlier. I think you should not invest your money right now. I... I, I very, you know, there are things on um, about Dave Ramsey's sort of, you know, quote unquote plan that he has that I don't think I don't follow, but I really from I really do um, believe in what, when he says that you want to save your investing and your in putting money into your your um, retirement funds until you're debt free and you yeah don't want to take out you know like car loans or. Um, any of that kind of stuff. You don't want to rely on credit cards as well. Those are the things that I, I think I, I definitely have tried to really take into consideration with Dave and his plans and things like that. And so I think my biggest thing would be for you to um, to not rely so much on your credit card and to not invest when you can use the money you would to invest into paying off loans and things like that what about me what what can i do better what should i do better better? whatever Um, the question is you asked me what do you think i should improve work on yeah um i think that you are very hard on yourself about finances i keep saying how organized you are with it and i think that really is true i'm not just saying that because my girlfriend (laughs) is really pretty impressive and I think that you should give yourself more credit. I don't have like a specific suggestion for you. I have to think about that more. Besides travel, what is the single? What is single-handedly 
the best purchase you've ever made. So besides travel or I'm going to say besides travel or education, because those are the top two two. everyone uses. (laughs) And then uh, the other part of this is what is the single handedly worst purchase you've ever made? This book, I think it was like 15 bucks, called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking by Alan Carr. And as the title suggests, it helped me quit smoking. It wasn't particularly easy, but it was very effective. Best 15 bucks I ever spent. And uh, inversely, the worst purchases were when I smoked for a long time, which was money that uh, was wasted and uh, hurt me. So not great. But yeah, what about you? Um, this one, it's, I'll just say it. (laughs) I would say the best purchase I've ever made is purchasing, um, my first vibrator. And yeah, I don't want to go too much into that because, (laughs) you know, I got some family members (laughs) listening, but just, um, I think it was a really good purchase for me when it came to discovering myself and um also yeah having more um love for myself I think it really helped with that so I think that is uh yeah it was a really good purchase and I would say the worst purchase I've ever made oof trying to think if I've ever had like some sort of scam or something that I've I've fell for or something (laughs) I don't feel like I have. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of gullible sometimes. Worst purchase, worst purchase. Damn, I don't even know. I truly can't think of a worst purchase. <laughs> like I, I don't know why. I just can't think of something uh, right now. I feel like I'm, I'm left a blank right now. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna maybe I'll do an editing, Karen, in the, in the future, and drop something in. And if I don't do that, I'll leave what it is on my instagram it's a great way for you to go and follow my instagram to see what my worst purchase is all right i didn't karen here i've tried honestly to think about this for a long time and i still don't have like a really good answer but the one that i can come up with is that one time i posted a photo on instagram and i was wearing a new outfit it was like a new black and white jumpsuit And I was really into it, at least for like, you know, the photo and that day. Um, And my caption was, okay, I can't be certain because I just bought it yesterday, but I'm pretty sure this striped jumpsuit is about to change my entire life. And I've never worn that jumpsuit again. I just don't even know what happened to it. I think it's in my closet somewhere, but... It was a dumb purchase. I wore it literally once. I think it was like a teeny bit too small around the thighs. And so it was cute for like the photo. It was like the the 4th of July. And so I was wearing it because it was like black and white. You know, I had like blue and red on. But after that, literally have never worn it again. So that's like kind of a boring answer. But I think just like buying unnecessary clothes um, that I wear once is something actually ooh, that just reminded me of something okay I think in 2017 16 I don't know I bought um all these clothes on 
I think it was like Shein or something, like some fast fashion website, which I don't use. I don't buy clothes on, um, via fast fashion anymore, but this was like, you know, back in the day. And I wanted new clothes and I bought all of these things and they came and literally I think only half of them fit. And then the rest of them I just never did anything with. I think I might still have them in my closet as well. So it seems like the theme here is that I buy clothes sometimes that I never end up wearing or I don't wear again. This is something that I used to do way, like I did this more often back then. Um, now I only honestly shop at thrift stores. I don't think, I can't remember the last time I bought something like new. But yeah, that was a bad habit of mine in the past was buying things clothing wise and then not wearing them, you know, enough. So yeah, that's my worst purchase. That's, that's it. So this is a little PSA to remember when you're making a budget, if you make a budget, to incorporate monthly contribution to BIPOC and or houseless uh, mutual aid programs or give directly to some people um, you see out and about because COVID has really hit a lot of people hard and um, a lot of people need money right now. So I would encourage you uh, people listening out there to do that. If you can. Yeah, I think, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's really important. And what I've been sort of doing is, um, yeah, just carving out. Literally, like, you know, when John, we, you didn't talk about this um, in this episode, but we can talk about it later. But so John does this sort of budgeting technique um, where he basically, it's called like the every, do- every dollar budget, where every dollar within his... Um, his paycheck is counted as accounted for it's given a purpose and so um by the end of the month it's like a it what is it zeros out right mm-hmm. so and it's a really good way to not have excess money in your account that you don't know what to do with and then you usually end up spending on something that is unnecessary right and so um that's a really good technique to sort of help with budgeting and to uh carve out a certain amount of money or something like mutual aid. Um, I don't do that technique too much, but um, what I do right now, what I've been doing is, yeah, reserving, you know, 50 to $100, you know, depending on what I can give that month, every single month to make, you know, sustained donations. You can either do it, like John said, to organizations, or what I've been doing a lot of times is I've been going on social media. I've been going on Twitter. I've been going on Instagram and I've been just checking different um you know posts that I see about you know BIPOC people who are struggling I try to mostly do individuals who are struggling and um just give as much as I can to you know certain people and you know just a reminder that mutual aid is not charity work it is you know not for you to pat yourself on the back and be like wow i'm helping this you know charity whatever mutual aid is so much more than that and it really is a form of of reparations and um yeah it's a way to redistribute wealth within a system that is so corrupt when it comes to wealth and when it comes to how people are disproportionately affected and that being um you know, primarily BIPOC folk who are disproportionately affected 
by um, our society and how capitalism works in our society. And, you know, even for myself, you know, I am a black woman, so I do experience, you know, some burdens, but I also uh, have the privilege of, you know, being uh, college educated and I have a stable income. And so I do also experience a lot of privileges that, you know, allow me and make me need to redistribute my wealth as well to help others who aren't in the same um, class system that I am in the same position of privileges that I have as well. So yes, I, I am so happy you said something about this because it's so, so, so important to incorporate mutual aid within your budget and to make sure it is a sustainable thing. So even after the pandemic ends and people are able to go back to work, et cetera, et cetera, you're still putting in the work to redistribute your wealth. Well, my last question that I like to ask all my guests is, how is this conversation you... What? (laughs) Let me me redo that. How... I just... I really started going and combining words. Okay. (laughs) I want to know, John, (laughs) how this conversation is leaving you feeling. What is it leaving you with, if you will? Leaving me feeling good about uh, <laughs> feeling good. Feel good. No, I th- I think it's uh, obviously we've talked about this before, so um, so I don't think any of these things we're talking about are, are super new to either of us. But it's always good to to talk about that. Um, and I don't know, even for myself, just talking about being discouraged about student loans. Um, I've made a spreadsheet that I check try to check once a month at least to see what's going on uh update everything and this month i got particularly discouraged looking at it just for no reason just <laughs> the amount kind of being discouraged but i think um uh i mean even now just talking about uh finances and everything definitely feeling a little better about it and just in general i think that uh, uh being open with your partner as a rule is very good <laughs> and particularly about finances um is super helpful so i think people should do that I just realized that I, I forgot a question oh. and I wanted to give a story. Oh. So maybe this is going to be a longer podcast. Oh. Okay. So my a question I remember for, I forgot was how often do you check your bank account? Oh, do I check my bank account? Um, and why? Ooh. Why that amount? Um, I guess it depends on the month really, but... At least 10 times a month or something. Good. You know, obviously when I get paid, I'm curious to see how much I got paid. Because that can fluctuate with, like, over time or whatever. But, yeah, I'll check it, like, if I'm at the store. You know, it's like, I always have kind of an idea based on what I purchased recently. Yeah, I don't, I don't, can't think of an exact amount, really. But I would say probably at least 10 times a month. I remember when I was younger, and this is before... I started really getting into my finances and making budgets and stuff like that. I would always try as long as possible to avoid checking my bank account Mm. because it gave me so much anxiety checking my bank account. And it gave me anxiety because there, you know, a lot of times when I was younger, saying that means what, like two years ago, (laughs) um, I would be making poor financial decisions and I, I would know that like, you know, I definitely overdrafted or something like that, or I was, I was negative and I didn't want to see that. <laughs> and so I just never checked my, I never checked my bank account. And that 
so it always I sort of form this like very kind of toxic relationship with my bank account and um yeah it was really unhealthy but now because I I'm much better at tracking my finances and I've been starting really recently I started having for for the month a whole spreadsheet in one of my journals um my, my planner I should say that has all of my finances. So I basically, every time I make a purchase, I put that purchase in um, on, in writing so that I can keep track of how much money I've been spending. And that helps so much more. And it, you know, it, it does allow me to check, to check my bank account less than usual, but it's not the same, it's not the same sort of um, approach than when I was younger and I was checking it less than usual. It's because now I'm more confident and more comfortable with how I've been spending my money usually that I know that if I check my bank account I won't be in in the negative I won't I wouldn't I won't have overdrafted usually so um yeah I think my my relationship with that process is a lot less of um one that's filled with anxiety and which is really good and yeah I'm more comfortable checking it now so yeah that's why I wanted to ask you to see how it's going yeah I, I definitely uh have had that same similar not same similar experience of my relationship with money has matured it's like i just started actually making a plan and everything it's um it's easier so okay so the story i wanted to tell is something i think is something that i i like never forget and which is also why i really wanted when it came to john and i's relationship to talk about finances way earlier on because this story I'm gonna tell is one that really brought me so much like it really heightened my like anxiety and shame around talking about money but um so I was dating someone before and we were in very different socioeconomic backgrounds which isn't a bad thing at all like it's fine but I think for me because of you know like I said before like how I had experienced a lot of my childhood with people and the same, you know, and being around people who had a lot more money than me, I, I still had that sort of um, like shame around money still in this relationship. And I remember one time um, I was visiting him and his family and we went out to this restaurant and it was like one of the fanciest places I had ever been. And I didn't know that it was going to be really fancy. And so I went in and I was wearing like a jean jacket and, you know, just a really casual outfit. And I remember the restaurant having, you know, iPads for the menus and the bathroom was filled with like gold sinks and toilets. And it was just so, so like out of my comfort zone that I remember getting up from dinner and going into the bathroom and crying because I was so uncomfortable and I remember not ever telling my the person I was dating about that and never even we never once ever talked about our finances and that made it so that it made it for really uncomfortable situations like that and things that could have been avoided so much easier if I had earlier on been open about you know, what money means to me and my relationship with money and, you know, and asking him the same thing. And so I think that um, that experience really, really helped me not, you know, to help me to earlier on talk about money with John. And that's something that I, you know, that's why I wanted to 
um, in therapy talk about that too. Like how to, how do I avoid having really uncomfortable situations with money <laughs> with my current relationship? And so, yeah, I think that if anything, I hope that story helps you listening. If you are, you know, dating someone or you're just um, also ashamed to talk about money to know that it's okay. And to know that you have nothing to be embarrassed about and talking about your situation helps so much when it comes to avoiding situations that are 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 so uncomfortable <laughs> and so yeah just wanted to throw that that little tidbit out there um and maybe even ask you john have you ever had a situation where you have been left feeling really uncomfortable um about money that isn't related to me but just in general <laughs> It's not similar, but someone that I've seen was like really wealthy. I went to their house and like they had all this crazy stuff and super nice cars, like this huge swimming pool, massive house, and all this stuff. And I just felt so like poor. <laughs> yeah, so this episode is a bit out of order. I usually always end with, you know, the question I asked John about how this conversation is leaving him feeling, but you know, I had some some things pop in my head, so we're a little out of sorts, but I'll end with saying that this conversation um is leaving me feeling, you know, really energized and um yeah, excited about future stuff when it comes to just, you know, like I said, being debt free one day, I yeah, I really want there to be less stigma about talking about money and about and about also less stigma about having student loans because they're so normal. <laughs> it's so normal to be in debt and it fucking sucks as well to have student loans, but it's normal and you know, hopefully one day we will have student debt forgiveness. That'd be awesome, but um yeah, don't be ashamed to talk about your debt. And yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking about. Okay. Yeah. I would say don't be ashamed to start making a budget or a financial plan of wherever you're at. Because having a plan is super helpful. <laughs> and um, it can... Uh, it will make you feel in control of your own life. Yeah, absolutely. I want to echo that. Like with a system of student loans that's literally designed to control and to own you, it is so empowering to like change the story and to have control of your own situation. And I mean, I'm not saying that like tomorrow you'll be debt free. Like it's honestly a journey and it fucking sucks. But like, yeah, having a plan is so helpful because before when we didn't have plans, I know we both felt so helpless and so much like we're just going to always have this debt and it's going to always control us. But with the plans, it really does help to give us a little bit more confidence with our own finances and stuff like that. I guess just the last thing I would say, this podcast is so all over the place. Like, we've been ending <laughs> for the last 20 minutes, essentially. Minnesota goodbye. Minnesota goodbye, yes. <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah, the last thing I will say is that I think it also helps so much to, you know, to have people in your life who you can talk to about this stuff. And if you don't have people, like, in your, you know, your personal life, to find communities online where you can talk about this stuff with, like, Listening to podcasts about finances helps so much and um, 
hearing real stories about, you know, situations similar to yourself helps so much. I think I would love to recommend Asia Dang's um, YouTube channel. And I think that really helped me was to see her being so honest about her, her, her situation. And she used to do this thing where every month she would make a monthly budget video and literally tell the whole internet how much de- how much debt she had, what her income was, and how her money was going. And I think that really helped her when it came to holding herself accountable by having the world sort of see it. And um, but also helped me to be like, wow, like she's being so open and honest about her finances. Why can't I? You know. And so I think um, consuming certain communities like that helps so much when it comes to this to know that you're not alone and that. There's so many people out there who are going through this awful process of paying off your loans and um, and just paying off debt in general. I'll put her YouTube channel in the, the, the I'll put a link to it in the description of this episode as well. All right. So awesome. <laughs> we've done the Minnesota goodbye. Anything else you want to say to the to the, the listeners out there, John? Um, well, if my mom and dad are listening, they're very thrifty people. And I wish I would have listened to them sooner about budgeting. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Hi. <laughs> if you're listening, hi, Jill. Hi, Bill. Hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this has been another episode of Question by Question. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would love it if you gave this episode a rating of five stars on Apple. And if you follow along on our Instagram QBQPOD. That's QBQPOD to keep up to date about when new episodes will be out because I'm posting very irregularly right now. So, you know, it's it's really important to check on Instagram for the latest information. But yeah, I'm so happy that I was able to have you on again, John. And if you like having John on the podcast, um, let us know and we can have some more fun episodes with him as well. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll let the sweet sounds of my um, outro play us out. Bye.